Welcome to Rafa. Good to have you with us on this Bible Answer Man question time. We're hearing, uh, having wonderful reports about how these are blessing, and we're just delighted about that. Glad these are being a blessing to you. And if you'll pull up Lee West Ministries, uh, there are a number of Lee West Ministries, which kind of surprised me, but there are. But if you look, if you look there, you'll find me. We're there and, uh, and they're free. There's some, uh, Pentecostal preachings that I've done that I lifted out of the archives and put there in that area also. So and there's a lot of these Bible answer man questions that are being answered. So, I'm glad that these are being a blessing to you. And while we answer for somebody else, maybe it'll be a blessing to you. Now, let's trust that it will. The question, Dr. West, tell me about love. Well, I wish I could. Uh, It's such a vast subject that it, it really cannot be defined because to define love would be to define God. Because in 1 John 4, verse 8, it says that God not has love or obtains love. It says God is love. So that's that's just an indivisible part of his nature. You can't extract that out of him. Uh, the more he, he gives an essence of that away from him, but that that is part of his being is that he is love. And, and the love there in, in the Greek just means affection or benevolence. It, it's a plural. Uh, a, it means a love feast. When you get involved in God's love, you just get full of heavenly manna. That's just beyond understanding. And in verse 7, the one that precedes us, Christians are to love one another, for love is of God, and he that loveth not knoweth not God. Well, that's very clear. If you're a Christian, that's the way it is. Fact is, there's a a, a Pentecostal song we used to sing about First John four seven and eight. Maybe you've heard that in your church, especially if you're Pentecostal. Uh, but I, I would try to sing it for you, but I don't want to embarrass you. But uh, you you can find somebody who can sing that for you. First John, and it goes First John four seven and eight. That, that that's a wonderful explanation. But no, I, I can't explain God. I can't explain love because. It's just too vast a subject. I can give you some thoughts on it. First Corinthians 13, uh, just to do the uh, worthwhile things, it says profiteth nothing. Then he goes on to talk about love. If we just do goody, goody type things, and I use that word loosely because that's a divine term. We, I'd prefer to use if we just do worthwhile things. There's a lot of organizations that do worthwhile things. The Shriners. I'm thinking about they do a lot of good worthwhile things, but because they're a non-Christian organization, the, there's a there's a a reason behind that, and of course they would probably take great issue, but that's all right. I I, I can stand that, but no unsaved person can do anything good for God. They always have a always have a hidden agenda. They may think that through their benefactor uh benefactoral type of help that that they're uh, attaining some type of spiritual goodness, but they're not. It's a selfish thing, and God's going to judge it that way. So love, if you want to know some of the aspects of love, love, it says uh, in 1 Corinthians 13 that it's always faithful. So when you think about that, God is always faithful. And if you love God, that's in your nature to to be faithful too. Faithful there can be applied so many ways. Are you faithful to your word? Are you faithful to your mate? Are you faithful to Christ in your testimony, the way you live? Are you faithful with your giving and your finances? There's just, are you faithful with your children? 
that that can see that the it's vast. Love serves through uh, anguish and pain. A lot of people say, "Well, I can't go to church today because I got a little bit of a headache." Well, bless your little heart. You wouldn't stop you from going to work the next day, or it wouldn't stop you from going to the football game. We just paid fifty dollars for a ticket for. You're going to go then. So I, I don't. As a minister, I get a little short-tempered with people and short of patience with people who want to use every kind of an excuse not to be in the house of God. Are there reasons not to go to church or to be in fellowship with with uh, Christians? No. There's there's no reason not to be in fellowship. You may not have access to them to do that, but if you if you if you want to go to church and use some lame excuse, well, Lord help you, he's going to have to take it to to the woodshed for that in the spiritual way. For he'll be he'll be even use love to do that. It says love is kind. Do you have a chip on your shoulder? Do you walk through life with some kind of a attitude? Do you expect the worst out of people? Do you do you open doors for people? Do you say thank you when somebody helps you? Do you say here let let me do that for you? Let let me let me bear some of your burden. Is there some way that I can help you? Can can I cut your yard for you until you get back on your feet? Let let me bring you a a meal tonight for you and your family so you don't have to cook since you're feeling ill. You see, this is how it applies. First Corinthians thirteen. It never envies. It never is envious. You just can't have that. In love, these, see, these things are like dark, light and darkness. They don't mix. You're either showing love or you're showing some other kind of a alienation of affection. Love controls pride, does not praise itself. I see a lot of Christians always, every sentence seems to start with I. And if they walk by you and they say, hey, how you doing? They don't really want to know. They, they don't have, it's just a catchphrase. Guard your tongue. Control your pride. It says love is not arrogant. You, I don't know a few things that really turn me off more quickly than an arrogant type of a personality. Assertive persons, I like, if it's correct assertiveness. But arrogance and self-will persons, I have a problem with those. It says love is not rude. I'm kind. I'm kind of using the Greek on some of these. It's not rude. Do do you give somebody a short answer? Are you impatient? Do you do you shut somebody off when they're trying to speak? Do you always have your opinion? Do you guard your opinion above theirs? Love exercises self control. Not too not too long ago, somebody wrote me from another country. I forget what country it was. I think it was in Africa someplace. And he was having problems with self-control. And uh, when I discussed something with him uh, over the uh, internet, over the web, he he assured me that he was a Christian. And then I told him, I said, well, brother, I said, you have self-control. You have the ability to do that. You don't have to lose your temper. You can control your actions. God will give you that. You don't have to pray for somebody to give you that. You already have that. You just have to exercise it. So it exercises self-control. Love does not harbor or retain evil actions against you. You just don't harbor. 
anger and frustration will wear on your soul and it'll wear on your physical being. Do you ever wonder why some Christians are always sick and ill and infirmed? I think if you dig into it, you'll find some of these things are, are there. Maybe there, if you had no person like this, maybe that'll be an opportunity for you to search them out and be a blessing to them. Because a lot of people are just, they're hurting and they're frustrating because they're alone, especially in these days. Almost everybody fights financial problems nowadays and it's going to get worse. But God can bless you. Even if it comes to the point of multiplying your money supernaturally, God can do that. And not only can he do it, I've had him do it in my circumstances supernaturally. Some people say, oh, I don't believe that. Well, I don't care what you believe. If you don't believe it, well, I do care, but but it's not going to hinder my faith at all. I know it happened. So if you don't believe, I'm, I'm saying that as a testimony. It can happen. God, I'm not particular to God in, in any more than you are if you're a Christian. So just, just use some of that experience and, and reach out. Let God do some things in your life. You'll be astounded. Let truth be the source of your joy. Look to God for your strength in hard times. Don't confess away your victory. I've used that before in other teaching. Don't confess, oh, I'm so sick. Now, you may be ill, yeah, but confess that God is healing you. Confess that uh, this is a hard time, but God is going to carry me through, and I'm depending on him. Father, help me and show me the way out of this in Jesus' name. Maybe I just come to maybe you have an employment problem and you're afraid you're going to be fired. Let God get involved. And if he gets involved and you end up getting fired, it's because he has something better for you. You see, that's the way it works. Let hope bring faith. There's a, a leading evangelist, and he has a great following, and, and he, he, he talks about if you hope about something, that you, you're just really a, a pathetic individual. You need to have faith. Well, let me, let me tell him and you through me that hope is the beginning of getting faith. Hope is the beginning of getting faith. That's the way you get faith is because you hope for something. Research that out. You will find Revelation 11. Look, look at that. Love never forgets. Let me read this. Uh, never forgets that love shall be the victor. Love shall always be the victor. Because God, that's God. And if you're a Christian, God is going to see that you're victorious. You may have to walk through some dark times. You may have to pay for some bad decisions. God is not a Santa Claus. Sometimes he has to teach you by letting you reap the consequences of your actions. But you'll always be victorious through Christ. As a Christian, you have a wonderful future ahead. The four basic foundations that I teach about love and there may be other ways to approach it, but this is the four that satisfy me. Is The first one is phileo. We get that from just an application of brotherly love, like Philadelphia. That's just a city of brotherly love. The phileo part of love, that's brotherly love. That's how you f- love your friends and, and uh, 
those with whom you like to associate. You have a, a special love for them. And if you have a certain amount of that for the body of Christ, sure you do. And then the next one is starje, which is a family kind of love. It's different from the other. It's a family kind of love. And it, it's reserved for that arena. And of course, a bit of that can translate over into the body of Christ because that's the family of God. Eros is the third one. That's sensual love. And that can be, it's meant for good, but Satan attacks this error because this is where we get erotic from. We get our erotic word from Eros. And if it's done in harmony with the right thing, if, like, you know, you, you, it's natural that a husband is aroused by his wife and vice versa, vice versa. And it produces wonderful relationships on a physical level. And that's blessed by God. Take some liberty in that area. Bless one another in that area. But Satan is working in that because he uses that probably I want to say not more than that does, but very strongly is he involved in this type of, of physical, erotic type of love. He gets so many people and he's getting younger and younger ones all the time. So let me just add an addendum. Parents, guard your children. Satan's going to be after them in this area. As soon as they start getting around puberty, he's going to come in there. And I, I, I watched the Hollywood People who are in it for a dollar. They even have these children saying dirty things and participating in all kinds of suggestive activities. God help these perverts that sell this kind of junk as art. God's gonna, God, if they don't get repentance from this, God got a, pl- a special place in hell for these kind of Hollywood and, and, and New York and, uh, people who do the television programs and the movies and use these children and and the ignorant actors who want to participate in in these kind of activities. Now, they're going to have to pay a price for it, but these these moguls who make millions upon millions of dollars out of uh, erotic type of love scenes and so forth, I pray that God will, will, uh, will deal with them to salvation. If not, then I pray God will just bring them down because Satan will use them and then he'll, he'll discard them. God never uses anybody. God utilizes people. And the fourth one is the Zoe kind of love. That's the God kind of love. The kind of love that God has, which you can't, you can't get to the depth of that. It's fathomless because you can't get to the depth of God. Every time you learn the truth in God, it opens up 10 more possibilities for you to find more truth. And even those, uh, I'm just using hyperbole now. Remember, Satan perverts every one of these things we've talked about. And he enjoys doing it. And he loves to get Christians even more than the unsaved. Only God can bring these realities into a life and be a blessing. Dr. West, tell me about love. I wish I could. I don't have the depth. I can't even scratch the surface. I just know that one thing, you'll know love from God when you feel that warmth and the harmony within the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. Seek it out. God will show it to you. Good having you with us until we meet again on one of these Bible Answer Mans or in a live uh, sermon or a seminar someplace. And if you'd like to have us, we're open to, to consider invitations to come and minister for it. 
for your church or for your group. So good, good to be with you. Dr. Vila and I just bless you in the Lord. Till next time we meet again, God bless you richly.